Welcome to day 109 of Shaped by the Word, season 2, the drama of scripture. Paul Camp here with David Keefe and the Kreskis. That would be Matthew and Catherine. Uh, we read uh, today, begin a journey through the book of Judges, one of the most uh, discouraging books uh, you know, in the Old Testament. We've seen you know, the tendency of uh, Israel to be unfaithful from the very beginning. We see a lot of flaws in the people that you know, God calls and that God uses, but we do see also uh, God's faithfulness in spite of our frailties and our failings and our unfaithfulness. Uh, he remains faithful even though we are sometimes faithless and sometimes unfaithful. So we come, you know, to uh, to Judges. Uh, the people have moved into the land. The generation of Joshua uh, and those who served along with him are passing off the scene. And, and there's there's certainly a lapse in, in, in loyalty and faithfulness to God. So in the first couple of chapters we'll cover this week, we were just kind of set up the circumstances that lead to uh, the dark picture that's going to be painted, you know, throughout this book. Matter of fact, this book doesn't have, for those of you that... Uh, love happy endings. Let's remind you that uh, it gets uh, from bad to worse as we move through this book, and it does show the effects, you know, of sin and uh, our unfaithfulness to God. So, before we turn to uh, you know a new new chapter in the story of Scripture, the drama of Scripture, uh, the period of the judges when there was no king in Israel and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Um, let's uh, let's offer this uh, time and this moment uh, to the Lord. David, do you mind lifting us up? Now let's pray. And Father, we um, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for all the the parts of your word. Um, we ask that as we turn now to the, the Book of Judges, you would teach us, um, transform us, um, help us to learn um, from your word, and may our hearts um, ultimately be pointed to Jesus. Um, our true king, our true leader, um, the one that does satisfy us. And so um, in all of this, may our yearnings for Christ increase, uh, may our desires to make much of him um, increase, and may you um, be glorified as we uh, now turn to your word. Shape us, make us into the people you desire us to be. We praise all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Judges chapter 1. After the death of Joshua, the Israelites um, asked the Lord, Who of us is to go up first to fight against the Canaanites? The Lord answered, Judah shall go up. I have given the land into their hands. The men of Judah then said to the Simeonites, Their fellow Israelites come up with us into the territory allotted to us to fight against the Canaanites. We in turn <clears throat> will go with you into yours. So the Simeonites went with them. When Judah attacked, the Lord gave the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hands, and they struck down 10,000 men at Bezek. It was there that they found Adonai Bezek and uh, fought against him, putting to rout the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Adonai Bezek fled, but they chased him, and they caught him and cut off his thumbs and his big toes. Then Adonai Bezek said, Seventy kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off have picked up scraps under my table. Now God has paid me back for what I did to them. They brought him to Jerusalem, and he died there. The men of Judah attacked Jerusalem and also took it. They put the city to the sword and set it on fire. After that, Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites living in the hill country, the Negev, and the western foothills. They advanced against the Canaanites living in Hebron, formerly called Kiriath Arba, and defeated Sheshai, Haman, and Talmai. From there they advanced against the people living in Deber, formerly called Kiriath Sefer. 
And Caleb said, I'll give my daughter to uh, Exot in marriage to the man who attacks and captures Kiriath-sephir. Othniel, son of Kenes, Caleb's younger brother, took it. So Caleb gave his daughter Exot in marriage uh, to, him, in, in, to him in marriage. One day when she came out to Othniel, she urged him to ask her father for a field. When she got off her donkey, Caleb said to her, what can I do for you? She replied, do me a special favor. Since you have given me land in the Negev, give me also springs of water. So Caleb gave her the upper and lower springs. The descendants of Moses' father-in-law, the Kenite, went up from the city of Palms with the people of Judah to live among the inhabitants of the desert of Judah in the Negev near Arad. Then the men of Judah went with the Simeonites, their fellow Israelites, and attacked the Canaanites living in Zephah, and they totally destroyed the city. Therefore, it is called Hormah. Judah also took Gaza, Ashkelon, and Ekron, each city with its territory. The Lord was with the men of Judah. They took possession of the hill country, but they were unable to drive the people out from the plains because they had chariots fitted with iron. As Moses had promised, Hebron was given to Caleb, who drove from it three sons of Anak. The Benjamites, however, did not drive out the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem. To this day, the Jebusites live there with the Benjaminites. Now the uh, tribes of Joseph attacked Bethel, and the Lord was with them. And they sent the men out to spy Bethel, formerly called Luz. The spy saw men coming out of the city, and they said to him, Show us how to get into the city, and we will see that you are treated well. So he showed them, and they put the city to the sword, but spared the man and his whole family. He then went to the land of the Hittites, where he built a city and called it Luz, which is its name to this day. But Nasa did not drive out the people of Bashan, or Tanak, or Dor, or Ebliam, or Megiddo, and their surrounding settlements. For the Canaanites were determined to live in that land. When Israel became strong, they pressed the Canaanites into forced labor, but never drove them out completely. <clears throat> Nor did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites living in Gezer, but the Canaanites continued to live there among them. Neither did Zebulun drive out the Canaanites living in Ketron or Nahalah, so the Canaanites lived among them. But Zebulun did subject them to forced labor. Nor did Asher drive out those living in Akko or Sidon or Alab or Oxib or Helba, or Aphek, or Rehob. The Asherites uh, lived among the Canaanites, uh, inhabitants of the land, because they did not drive them out. Neither did Naphtali drive out those living in Beth Shemesh, or Beth Anath. But the Naphtalites too lived among the Canaanites, inhabited of the land, and those living in Beth Shemesh and Beth Anath became forced laborers from them. The Ammonites confined uh, the Danites to the hill country, not allowing them to come down into the plain, and the Amorites were determined also to hold out in Mount Harris, Ajalon, and Shalabam. Uh, but when the power of the tribes of Joseph increased, they were too repressed into forced labor. The boundary of the Ammonites, Amorites was Scorpion Pass to Selah and beyond. All right, that was fun. Uh, reading, you know, reading all the way through. And of course, you're going, what in the world is this going on here? And uh, if you just picked 120 passages, you know, to, uh, you know, to get us through scripture, why in the world did you pick this? There's something very interesting happening here when you come into this passage. And uh, what is happening, of course, is setting the context uh, for the rest of Judges. And to uh, answer your question, I'm not sure why I picked this out of 120 readings. I remember sitting in the library at Wheaton uh, in uh, Illinois several days in a row picking out you know, th- these readings and reading through them. And, of course, the first chapter is always an important chapter because the writer is setting the tone. Mm-hmm. And here's what's happening. Israel at this point is, is, is winning some major battles, but they're, they're not f- 
fully uh, fulfilling the word of the Lord and driving out their enemies. Mm-hmm. And, and so you have kind of a, a partial victory and halfway measures, you know, that they've become content with. And part of what they're becoming content with and taking these halfway measures is living and settling down among the people which the Lord has warned them will be their ultimate downfall. So remember, if you go back to Joshua, he said, if you do not drive them out, they'll become, you know, snares and thorns you know, in, in, in your side. And so that is, you know, what is about to happen and what we're setting, you know, the picture for. And, and so there is, you know, kind of a heart, you know, lesson in us, you know, when we halfway follow the Lord and we halfway, yep. you know, settle down and become comfortable, you know, with things around us that are actually opposed, you know, to, to the Lord. So sometimes we do settle, you know, down in the, in the land. And you can pick out, you know, if you know the tribes, tribes of Israel, you know, the, uh, the different tribes who are, are more or less successful in, you know, driving out, you know, the people before them. And it's not necessary that you know who was more or less successful, but it is necessary that you get the overall feel that they didn't follow the Lord completely, and it will come to be a snare, you know, to them. No, I mean, we... Uh we're just like that, right? I mean, how many of us, we hear the Word of God and we kind of just pick and choose the aspects of the Word that we either value or care about or choose to follow? And so this is definitely convicting to consider all, all the the wisdom and, and the commands that are obviously for our blessing, mm-hmm. as we've seen all throughout Scripture, from God. And then still we choose to kind of just ignore His Word or, or take the things that are a little easier to do um, rather than considering... Uh, the blessing that does come from fully following and what Christ has commanded us to be as his people. I think just, I just see so much of an attitude of, well, that's enough. That should be enough. It should be fine. Instead of um, completely 100% obeying the word of the Lord. And yeah, that's, that's an attitude I find myself having quite a bit is I, I've done enough. You know, like I, it's okay to stop here because I'm tired or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, even verse 34, the Amorites confined the Danites to the hill country, not allowing them to come down into the plain. They're already feeling the implications, the limitations that they're they're facing already because uh, they haven't driven the Amorites. Yeah, and in, in many ways, they're imprisoned in their own land. Yeah, you know, you, you know, the word confined is such a you know, great word, you know, great word there. And obviously it's, it's, it's okay to get tired and, you know, and clean most of your house. It is not, you know, okay to get tired and half-heartedly follow the Lord. Absolutely. And there is a huge difference between half-heartedly following the Lord and wholeheartedly following the Lord uh, when we uh, have half measures. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're really not devoted to the Lord with all of our hearts. Well, and yeah. there's a huge difference. Yeah, and this half-hearted devotion really is just an arrogant, you know, defying it's of the Lord. It's a divided heart. You know, because it, it, that, that last paragraph is such a sad paragraph because it's, nor did this tribe do this, nor did this tribe do this, nor did this. I mean, it, it wasn't just uh, the one tribe decided to disobey the Lord. It was tribe after tribe after tribe, you know, begins to do this. And it's really setting the stage for what we're going to see, you know, with what the judges cycle is. When we read the book of Judges, you get the people, they either forget about the Lord or just outright defy the Lord. They find themselves oppressed in the land. You know, they cry out to the Lord. The Lord raises up a judge and he delivers them. The judge dies. The cycle starts all over again. You know, and it'll it'll when it breaks, it you know that cycle breaks down or something changes. It's usually significant. We should take notice. But 
I mean, just we, we see ourselves, I think, in this passage that they have too much confidence in themselves. Not, yeah. not to, you know, we don't have to drive the people out because we'll still worship the God, but we'll use the people to our own ends. Right. You know, we're in control of this. Yeah, and yeah no, and, and, and absolutely. We'll have more influence on the people than the people will on us. There's all kinds yeah. of, you know, compromises that you make, you know, in your heart and mind. And, and, and of course, you know, if you want to, you know, apply it, you know, in type to us, you know, it, it's, it's, it's the, the subtle sins we allow to remain in our life. You know, the things that we know that are displeasing to the Lord, but they're, they're small sins. It's only a pocket of sin. I'm well in control, you know, of my sin and what, you know, harm does it do? And, of course, what will happen, you know, through the book of, you know, Judges is they'll, it's almost like they take three steps backwards and occasionally take two forward, but by the end of the book, they're so far from the heart of God that it, it's uh, uh, more than you would imagine. And so the seeds are right here in their carelessness and then driving out you know, the enemies uh, of, of the Lord. Well, they're so far from the heart of God that they look no different from the nations that, that are surrounding them, yeah. um, that they're living amongst. And that's so far from what he wanted for yeah. them and what he had planned for them. Yeah. Yeah, or absolutely the opposite of what he wanted for yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. When you mentioned it in your opening, Paul, that I mean, we're coming right off this covenant renewal where they're saying, you know, we will devote ourselves to the Lord. We will serve him. Yeah. This rock will bear witness. And and we begin to watch this first step of disobedience to that we get to the very end of the book of Judges. You know, it gets darker, darker, darker to that last sentence that concludes, "There was no king of Israel." You know, in Israel, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. I mean, what a rejection of the Lord! But just also a, a character that's characterizing the nature of of Israel. Here here they are, meant to be God's people under God's reign, and yet they've rejected Him. No. Yeah. And, and of course, the same can be true for us. Uh, you know, we, we you know can honor you know God as our Savior, but but not realize that He is indeed our King. Mm-hmm. And, and so, when we have no King, we do what is right in our own eyes, which of course is the the very heart of the temptation we found, you know, in in the Garden that uh, we reserve the right to make the final call for ourselves. We'll decide what is right and good for us, rather than you know listening to the Word of the Lord and following His decrees wholeheartedly and, and completely. Uh, so you have the difference between you know half-hearted obedience and whole-hearted obedience, and, and it is all the difference in the world. Really, half obedience is, is disobedience, and mm-hmm. in, in its fullest extent. Katie, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer? Father, um, this passage just leads me to um, repentance, repentance of um, wanting to walk in my own ways. Um, and do things the way that I see fit um, because it seems good for me. So, Father, um, we repent of of walking our own ways and we we turn to you and um, are reminded that your ways are much higher than our ways and your thoughts um, much higher than our thoughts. And and we don't know the mind of our God, but we, we trust in who you are. Um, that you you have revealed yourself so so graciously to us, um, but we will never fully um, grasp your plan um, and what you see. We don't see what you see. So help us to trust you. Help us um, to trust that that what you have for us is best, and um, to be obedient in how we walk. Um, God, help us to see the importance of 
the, the little moments, the seemingly little moments where we can choose obedience, choose life, um, or choose disobedience and choose death because they do, um, the sum of these little moments make up our lives. So thank you for who you are. Thank you for even passages and, and books like this that remind us of um, the darkness and, and the power of sin and that you have overcome it. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.